Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Hey, it's Harry Day with Too True to Lie with another podcast. It is after midnight. No one's in the house. Why not do a podcast? I was going to do one on the uh, the myth of global warming, the hoax. But I think most people know that it's a big money scam, like a multi-billion dollar money scam, carbon credits, all that crap. So I didn't feel like researching it in depth and having to put all that on my uh, notepad on the computer and then go through that recording. So instead I did something that was standing right in front of me, my dog. And I thought about, hey, what about the history of dogs, the early domestication of dogs? I found some pretty cool stuff. Mostly, uh, really some of it's just dates and timelines way, way back, you know, BC. And I'll get to it, but what I'd like to first is... Get this gripe off my chest. A, passwords. Everything has to have an effing password. I'm over it. I understand you need protection on some things, especially if credit cards are involved going through those sites where you have passwords. But why has it got to be so difficult? This is an age. This is okay. We're supposed to be in an age of uh, technical blooming or whatever. Everything is more simple now. Everything is easier to do now. A touch of the finger, uh, less steps. Bullshit. Why, when I scroll across my phone with my finger or across the page with my mouse to go hit a button, does it know, the computer program or whatever, the animal know, that right as I'm rolling over to hit a button, a GD uh, pop-up screen comes up and I hit it instead. It's like it jumps in front of the bullet, except you don't want it to jump in front of the bullet. I guess if you were shooting someone, you wouldn't want someone to jump in front of the bullet. But it's like these these freaking ads, just like, okay, all I want to do is sign into my email and see you know, what my daughter's cheer or uh, dance stuff is for the rest of summer. Maybe check on this reservation. Oh, look, shower curtain rods. Yes, oh, that just popped up before I could fucking hit it. Oops, sorry. I want to, I wanna, you know, my, my daughter drops little F-bombs now just between the two of us and probably with her friends. Definitely with her friends. She's got such a cool uh, pod of friends. And uh, I'm really, really happy about that because there, there were times in the far past where she felt ostracized a little bit. She wouldn't know what the word means, but she just, she didn't feel like she fit in. And I guess she was just going through stuff. Or maybe she was just overwhelmed with the, what are they, the obstacles in 
in the people with technology trying to ease our lives, but yet they don't. I mean, here's one, power failures. How are we having power failures still? It's unbelievable. I live out in the country. I guess I get it. We had storms come through recent down in Madison, south of here, 10, 15 miles, where I grew up. A lot of that's underground. They had people without power for almost a week, and it was just thunderstorms coming through, albeit they had high winds and an F1 tornado skipping around a little bit. Luckily, no one was killed. Oh, I could grow man. It would just suck for me to give y'all a full episode of me whining about stuff. Although, and this is new to the uh, studio because we're cleaning out my mom's house. We're almost done. It's uh, nearly sold. They're closing in a couple of weeks. And that'll make my mom super happy because she likes where she is and the... Uh, Semi-assisted living, they're really not assisted where she is, although they cook the meals and they clean your room. But she can come and go, and we can go and visit and hang out. My daughter can spend the night. But what I've got out of my dad's office... Okay, not the cable scratching on the box here, but the, the ding bell. I got a little ding bell that I'm going to incorporate, I guess. I guess when I change subjects, I'm going to hit the ding bell. So, without... Further dog do, let me find the link, wink, wink. And let's learn about dogs. I got a dog, I love my dog. My dog loves me, it hangs out. Sometimes my dog likes to, loves to go to my neighbor's house and they let it, let her in the house to hang out. And uh, my neighbor, my neighbor's wife sent me a picture of Lucy, my dog, sitting on the couch with her, just chilling, just kick back. Chilling in the sunroom. <laughs> oh. But she, then they put her out, and Lucy will hang out a little while. All I got to do is go outside and clap or whistle or whatever. And she, you can't hear her until she comes through the gap. She is hauling butt home. Happy face. Let's go inside and chill, Dad. Give me a treat. And I do. So this is basically, I don't know what I'm going to title this yet, but the, or the song I'm going to outro with, but this is basically dog the history of dog, early dog and dog domestication, although there's not a lot of true science to it because it's 17,000 years ago, maybe just 12,000 years ago. But anyway, the dog history through scientists suggests that wolves and dogs split into a different species from being wolves. About 100,000 years ago, that's when first dog species showed up. These aren't domesticated by any means. They're not wolves, but they're wolf-like. Now, through DNA analysis, they think the domestication time frame occurred, and it's a broad window, anywhere from 40,000 to 20,000 years ago. But there aren't, there's not a lot of uh, agreement on the domestication timeline because of what people have found. Some people found evidence 40,000 years ago, and then some people found it 20,000 years ago, and they don't believe the people of 40,000 years ago. 
Uh, but most feel that the original domestication location was in East Asia, or as some people might call Eurasia. Um, some people think it happened in the Middle East, and some people think it happened in uh, Europe, which would be more Eastern Europe or Eurasia. It depends on how you draw the lines. But it was definitely in that big main mass of land of Europe-Asia. Back then, who knows what they called it? We'll never know. There is, though, certain and sure DNA evidence of the domestication of dogs from two places, one in eastern Eurasia and one in western Eurasia. Now, it really doesn't give a finite area where this is. Eastern Eurasia would probably be parts of Europe. Western Eurasia could be China, Russia, maybe coming a little further west. Wait, did I say western would be Europe, eastern would be over to the east? Yeah. So, according to this analysis, Asian dogs originated from a domestication event from Asian wolves about 12,500 years ago. I don't know how they have that derivative. And European Paleolithic dogs originated at a different domestication event from European wolves. Now, this is when they split from wolves to dogs. I'm not talking about people yet. About 15,000 years ago. So it's possible Eurasia, Europe, could have been where wolves somehow split into dogs. How that happens, I didn't find info on that. Um, and then a little later, but before the Neolithic period, which would be 6,400 years ago, Asian dogs were transported by humans. This was after, after domestication to Europe, which in time displaced the European Paleolithic dogs that went extinct which left only one dog, the Eastern Eurasian dog. So, that's where all our dogs derive. But this is going back twelve to 15,000 years ago. What in the world? Why would it do that? Okay. Now, these scientists did do studies and and poured over any uh, data from the Americas, and there was no American, ancient American dog found in the data. The earliest confirmed, okay, this is moving on, the earliest confirmed domestic dog was found in a burial site in Germany, along with uh, human and dog interments. And this was 14,000 years ago. So someone and their dog probably died together or were buried together or buried next to each other over time. The earliest confirmed domesticated dog in China was found during the Neolithic era, which is uh, later in time in the 7,000 to 6,000 BC era in the Henan province. 
Evidence for coexistence of dogs and humans, though not necessarily domestication yet, does come from the upper Paleolithic sites in Europe. That would include Germany and some others it didn't state, further north actually. These hold evidence of dog interaction with humans. In the European Mesolithic sites of 5200 to 3700 in Sweden, dog burials were found proving the value of dogs to the hunter-gatherer humans of the time frame. So, we're going to go back here and say dogs were buried alongside human settlements 14,000 years ago. That is confirmed for sure. Not certain if they were they didn't say they were Paleolithic, though. They were saying they were uh, the Asian variety. So, now, jumping over to the Americas briefly, there's a place in Utah called Danger Cave that is the earliest known site of dog burial in the Americas. And it dates back to 11,000 years ago, which would be about 9,000 B.C. if they did it correctly, because I've gone through a lot of these sites and just wonder if they even have editors for these writers that that just edit, spot check their work, because when a writer uses that so many times, that is almost an unnecessary word. It occasionally can be used, but it is far too often used when it's not needed. It's just like throwing an extra word in there if you need like a 700-count article in your short five words. Just throw in five that's. No worries. It's sloppy journalism. So, we're going back 9,000 B.C. The burial in America in Utah of a dog, and it is very likely an Asian variety dog. Um, these dogs continued to breed with wolves, which is a characteristic dogs still do now with coyotes in the south, on the eastern U.S. When you get out west where they actually have wolves, probably less wolf-dog interaction other than wolves killing dogs and possibly eating them. But we're not going to get into any of this you know, dogs are food in some Southeastern Asian nations, and we're not going to go into that. This is just about, we're trying to kind of tap into the domestication time frame of dogs with humans after they had split from wolves, which is something I just don't understand. It's not like you just a wolf splits in half and one becomes a dog and the other one stays a wolf and they grow their other halves whole. That's sci-fi BS. I'm just, I don't, I don't know uh, enough about how it happens. I don't know if that's anthropology or zoology or what. I am not going to talk about it because I don't have the info. But this was the interesting fact I found about the Asian dogs interbreeding with the wolves 
in the Americas way back before Europeans were even uh, coming over. Black fur is a dog characteristic. It is not originally found in wolves. Yet now we have hybrid black wolves in the Americas, in North America. I doubt there's wolves in Central America. And uh, that's a little tidbit maybe that people will remember from the podcast and say, hey, did you know that wolves are black because they bred with Asian dogs that came over the land bridge with the uh, Asian natives or whatever they are, Mongols, who knows? Now you know. Okay, jumping back over across the Siberian bridge to Asia. There were studies of found dog burial sites that dated back, gosh, 3,000 to 5,000 year BC in Siberia that suggest dogs were awarded a quote unquote personhood within the humans that they lived with and were at times treated equally to humans. And that happens now with pets. Uh, There was a dog burial site of a male middle-aged dog that had suffered injuries to its spine from which it recovered and was nursed to health by its owners. Um, The burial through radiocarbon dating went back 6,200 years BC. The dog was interred in a formal human cemetery this is eight over 8,000 years ago. Buried in the similar fashion that humans in that same cemetery were buried. An ancient cemetery. Another wolf burial site was found in a uh, human-made uh, cemetery in 7300 BC. That was dated to that. It was an adult male. The wolf's diet, which was done through uh, stable isotope analysis, found that the wolf mostly ate deer and that its teeth were worn down so it had age. And there was no direct evidence that this wolf was part of the community, but nevertheless, it was buried in the formal human cemetery. So they had some kind of relation going on between the humans of the settlement or the area and this wolf, which is very interesting, I think. Yes, no. Now, these buries, these burials, they say, are exceptions, but aren't that rare. But there are also other evidences that uh, fisher hunters, now I'm not saying hunter-gatherers, they're saying, quote-unquote, fisher hunters, at times consumed dogs and wolves, probably at times when there was no food, as burned and fragmented bones of dogs and wolves were found in their refuse pits. Now, if you wonder what a refuse pit is, the natives around the world, when they had refuse from cleaning animals or, say, things they couldn't reuse rotted or fell apart, or they had leftover uh, remnants of food. They dug pits out past the uh, community where they lived, 
and they just threw all their trash in there. And that is actually a great place that these archaeologists and, and whatnots find information to test about the history of man and what they did, what they ate, you know, tools they found. You know, some native settlements in the Northeast in the Americas uh, whose pits would have been dated back before Europeans supposedly had Viking remnants in it, like what was known as the main penny. If you look it up, a main penny was found. It was a uh, coin that was used by the Vikings in Scandinavian trade that was found in a in a pit long before Europeans had come over, long before the Spanish had come over to the south and spread disease like mad and killed millions and millions of people. Inadvertently, but it happened. Um, so let's jump back on the dog. Evidence for the appearance of breed variation in dogs was found in early Paleolithic sites. And Paleolithic goes back pretty far. Medium-sized dogs were identified in the Near East dating to 15, as far back as 15,000 B.C. So maybe they used dogs more early in the uh, equator regions than they did up north. Okay, medium-large dogs were found in Germany, Russia, and Ukraine, going back as far as 17,000 B.C. And small dogs were identified in Germany, Switzerland, France, and Spain, going as far back as 15,000 B.C. Sounds like Europe had the early dogs and probably were a friend to man long before they say here. I mean, if they're around them, unless they're eating them, they could be befriending them and training them. Who knows? It was a long time ago. So there was a recent study of some DNA that were identified as markers for modern dog breeds. And they uh, came up with some surprising conclusions. Despite the clear evidence for marked size differentiation in the very early dogs of history, none of these dogs match up to current dog breeds. Almost none of them. It says none. Uh, supposedly the oldest modern dog breeds, dogs we have today, come from about 500 years ago. And really, most of these, the oldest go back 500 years of our current dogs. Uh, most of them just date back 150 years, these dog breeds. And so what scholars and others have concluded was most of the dog breeds, you know, we have now are of recent development, um, breeds that have different limb, body, and skull proportions and varying abilities, which humans use this breeding 
before it was just having cute pets now like they do. Dogs were tools. They were friendly, they were alarms, but they were also tools for herding, for retrieving, for scent detection and tracking, for guiding. Um, human training now, you know, you, they, they can find shot deer. They can chase rabbits up. They can, get, they can find a tree with a squirrel in it. That's always blown my mind. Um, retrieve ducks after you shoot them, and they're not scared of the gun report. Every dog I've ever had just scared of the gun report because we shoot a lot out back here. We're in the country. Uh, let me move. That may be because domestication occurred while humans were hunter-gatherers, leading extensive migrant lifeways. What is lifeway? Lifestyle? Just shorter letters? But as humans moved around, dogs went with them. Yet early on, while the dogs were now a part of the human populations, these populations were small and they lived in geographic isolations. So the dogs didn't interbreed and become other variations of dogs like we have now. Which makes me wonder how we get purebreds. I don't, where do they come from? But again, they were all developed less than 500 years ago, somehow. Uh, and they were created out of a fairly homogenous gene pool, it says, from dogs with mixed genetic heritages, which had developed in widely disparate locations, meaning they weren't going to run across each other very much. That's interesting. So the natives of our continent here in North America have always had dogs. If they brought brought dogs with them from Asia, with the ever uh, hardy Asian variety of dog descended from wolves. That's interesting. Um... Here's, here's something that, that was thrown in on the end, because I'm at the end here. And uh, I would have to do more uh, research to figure this out. But it says, in modern times, after the 500 years or 150 years even of, of dog grooming or whatever, with the creation of kennel clubs, breeding became selective. But during World War One and World War Two, these breeding populations and kennel clubs became decimated or went extinct all over the world. I did not know there was a near extinction of dogs in the early 20th century. However, dog breeders have since reestablished their breeds with a handful of individuals or about combining similar breeds together. It's just fascinating, really. And it's, I, I probably, I'm probably just droning along. But if you like dogs or you understand English or you're bored, you know, hopefully this is entertaining to you. 
Um, though most official modern breeds date back to the Victorian era, you're going to look that up yourself. I think that's 1700s or earlier. I'm not absolute. The breeds that emerged 500 or more years ago, and they have a finite amount of breeds from 500 plus years ago. We have the Basenji, the Afghan Hound, the Samoyed, the Saluki, the Canaan Dog, the New Guinea Singing Dog. That just sounds interesting. The Dingo, which is a wild canine. The Chow Chow, which is a nasty dog in my opinion. The Chinese Sharpei, the Akita, the Alaskan Malumut, the Siberian Husky, and the American Eskimo Dog. These dogs are our oldest lineage of modern dogs right there. So where did the weenie dog come from out of all that? I guess I would have to see all these dogs I just named. You know, or or chihuahuas. How, how? Were they bred with mice? I don't understand. Okay, a few facts about dogs in general, and we'll cut it. Some of you may not know that dogs see yellow and green hues, but they cannot distinguish red from green. So anything red looks green, a green hue, compared to the red hue. Dogs are more sensitive to ultraviolet light than humans, which means they would be better at sensing a wider range of blues than people see. So they probably see more blues in the sky than we'll ever know exist or in the water if they went to the ocean and like looked at the ocean and uh, took in that it was several different colors blue. And then they would not be able to relate it to their human because they're dogs. Now, a dog's... I didn't know this stuff either, and this is really interesting. A dog's vision is about three times blurrier than human vision. Now, is this like... Is the average 2020 vision human have an amount of blurry vision? I guess that's at distance. Mine's up close. I'm farsighted. But a dog's vision is three times blurrier than a human's vision. So some research was done on dogs about their vision. And dogs couldn't tell them anything because they don't talk. In this research, dogs were found to have about a 20-50 ratio vision. Meaning something a human could see clearly at 50 feet, a dog could see clearly at 20 feet. So if you held up. A picture at 50 feet. A dog would not see it very clear, but at 20 feet it would see it more clear. However, like many animals, I wish I had this myself, but I don't. Dogs see better in dim light and they see movement better also. All that I think in my mind is a deer because they could flip and see in the dark and they if you move they're gonna see you unless it's windy and still they might see you 
I, I just know this from experience. Um, a special feature that magnifies light to a dog's eye is tapetum lucidum. This is a reflective layer on a dog's eye that gives that characteristic eye shine at night. Like you see cat's eyes, dog's eyes, deer's eyes, raccoon eyes. At night in a flashlight or headlights, they, they reflect a bright color. Gold, green, usually. Maybe gold or gold, like golden orange. But that is a reflective layer in their eye. I find that really interesting. Dogs' hearing is four times better than humans. I wonder if dogs get tinnitus, because, man, my eyes are, my eyes, my ears have just been chiming away. <laughs> uh, a dog's sense of smell is estimated at one to 10,000 times better than ours, hence bloodhounds, right? And their ability to track down and smell, you know, the odor smells of so much. I think that's how they can like run off in the woods and not get lost because they'll just through scent find their way back. Uh, I always thought that was interesting. Like they they don't know a trail from a tree really. Um, the nasal center of a dog's no the old olfactory center of a dog's brain is forty times the size of a human's. And dogs can distinguish smells with such great sensitivity. They have been trained to use this in a variety of ways, obviously tracking. But researchers discovered, and this is only 20 years ago, dogs can sniff out signs of early stage cancers in people. And they found out in 2021 that dogs could identify COVID-19 in the scent of urine samples. So why are dogs going around sniffing pee? And why are researchers peeing in cups and making their dogs smell it? That's not cool. And how, so I pee in a cup and I make my dog smell it. How's it going to tell me I have COVID? Is it going to like bark 19 times that I've got COVID? Nowadays, though, you could have COVID and not know it. The strain is so watered down. Um, and I made a notation at the end of that because that's all I've got on, uh, on, you know, dogs, the early history of dogs and maybe a little, you know, plus bonus info there. But I read, and I'd heard about this. I'd heard this was in the works. I read this asshole, Bill Gates, the mega billionaire, Genetically modified mosquitoes, and I haven't read enough to to give you the reasons why he did it. I'm sure it's on the internet if it's accurate information. Um, and no one wanted him. He wanted to release them and see if they could make other mosquitoes not. Maybe it was make other mosquitoes not be able to uh, 
spread mosquito-borne diseases only in the two areas where he let, they let he didn't do it himself. He probably just paid some guy to do it and then had him whacked. Um, they let him go in Florida, and they let him go in Texas. And now Florida and Texas in these areas have a spike in malaria in humans. Malaria. That's a third world disease these days. Malaria. Malaria was nearly conquered in Africa in the 60s, 70s. And I think they were using DDT because malaria was a killer in Africa, a stone-cold killer. And some greeny butthole wrote a book demonizing DDT to the point where the government banned it and it couldn't be made and it couldn't be used. And what happened? What do you think happened after some moron got rid of a deterrent of insects that bring death disease. Now they're not killing them anymore, and so now the malaria comes back. So how many people died from DDT? I don't know of any. Or maybe was there cancer from it? I don't know. But we know absolutely the amount of deaths from malaria, and it's high. And so now, through the brilliance of this bespectacled moron billionaire, he's released genetically changed mosquitoes in two states in this country, and malaria outbreaks are spiking. I hadn't drank a sip of my bourbon. Just kidding. It's uh, Arizona green tea. Holy cow, it's good. Do any of y'all drink green tea because I talk about it every show? You don't have to. They wouldn't send me anything. I tried to get them to I sent emails saying, hey, I, I don't make any money on my podcast. I just like doing it. And I'm always pimping out. I didn't say pimping to them. Uh, I'm always pushing Arizona green tea and how awesome it is. And I drink it every day. And that's a true statement. And, well, you know, would you mind just sending me like four jugs a month of your tea? And I didn't get an answer. Probably because they got bit by a mosquito that was genetically modified and it gave them malaria. And they were in such a bad mood because they were sweating their ass off, sitting on a toilet at the office, slipping off the toilet at the office because they're sweating Mm. I don't like those moments personally. You might. I'm not a fan. But anyway, I don't know how long it's been since I did the last one. The last one was about Kent State. Maybe it was over a week ago, probably. Man, it's been hot here in Mississippi. I mean, 100 degree hot. 
in Mississippi. You know, and what gets, you know, the humidity is is so high right now. And the sun is so close and the heat is so high. And we just had, you know, the longest day of the year, not that, not that many days ago, because it's almost the middle of the year. Amazing. It's almost July 4th, Tuesday. So third, second. Tomorrow's the first. This is the last day of June. The last day of the first half of 2023. Where were you when the mosquito bit you on the face? Peace.